Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Lindsay Sabadosa, who is running for state house representative in Massachusetts. I never feel like I'm doing enough. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. It's that push, that drive, that little voice in your head that says, get off the damn couch. There's so much more you could be doing. Does that ever go away? I mean, really go away? Is the voice ever satisfied? Now, I know that I spend my fair share of Netflix time, maybe even my share and a half, but still, it would be great to be able to rewatch The West Wing for the eighth time and not feel like I'm letting down the cause. A woman needs to be able to veg out every once in a while. But at the same time, I don't want to spend my life in front of the TV. I want to go, to do, to make a difference. I see things that need to be done, and I think I could do that. I should do that. And then it's off to the races again. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm really not. And I know that you are nodding your head to every word that I'm saying. Because that's what we do. We see the need. We see the problem. We see the thing that's just not quite right, and we can't forget about it. We can't leave it alone. If not me, then who? If not now, then when? That's how it goes, right? But don't think that you have to do it all, or that you have to do it all yourself. Find a friend. Grab a partner. Call on your tribe. Many hands and all that. And also, this is completely, absolutely unrelated. If anyone knows of a good therapist in Dallas, I know someone who might need a recommendation. Guess what, y'all? She's Running has its first sponsor. Are you or a friend running for office? Are you struggling with learning how to use Van to keep track of your conversations with voters? Do you need a map of your district with precinct information? Good news. Datadiva.net is the answer to all of your data needs. Datadiva.net is designed to help candidates, especially new ones, navigate the data needed to run a modern grassroots campaign. Talking to voters won't help if you can't get them to the polls on election day. Services include easy-to-follow webinars, tech support, van administration, map creation, and skills training. The Data Diva has been teaching for over 20 years, working on Democratic campaigns for 14 and in data for eight. She's managed van in five states and on two continents for Democratic campaigns, unions, and progressive organizations, teaching hundreds of people how to use van to keep track of voters and volunteers. And datadiva.net offers discounts for local campaigns and candidates from underrepresented groups. Visit datadiva.net for more information and like her on Facebook for free campaign tips. Datadiva.net, big help with big data. You were the director of the Pioneer Valley Women's March, right? I am the director. I am still, yes. Okay, so what all does that entail? Because it seems like it's main, It's more of like a community organizing ongoing thing rather than like a one-time event. Absolutely. No, it is. It is. And I am a community organizer. So the Pioneer Valley Women's March started after the Women's March on Washington, obviously. Um, I was the coordinator of the Women's March on Washington, Massachusetts chapter for the Pioneer Valley. Um, And since I'm sure you have listeners who don't live in Massachusetts, the Pioneer Valley (laughs) is the western part of the state. It encompasses three counties. Um, Originally, I was just supposed to have my hometown, which is Northampton, Massachusetts. 
And then as happens with these things, other people dropped out. And so I ended up with a much larger geographic region, which was really wonderful because it meant getting people on buses to go to D.C., to go to Boston. We, we did Boston as well. And, um, and just kind of watching the energy build up to the Women's March because we had no idea what it was going to look like. So we were we started off just encouraging people to go, thinking that nobody was really going to want to go to D.C. the day after inauguration, that it was going to be a small event, and that it was really our job to encourage people. Little did we know, we did not need to encourage people. <laughs> they were they were all on it. And but but funnily enough, like it took until almost like January second or third before people were like, "Yep, I'm actually going," because we started organizing the day after the election. So. For a month or two there, we thought, oh, our buses aren't going to be filled and we're going to have to cancel. As it turned out, we had to bring buses from other states to fill the need. We sent um, over 10,000 people from Massachusetts to D.C. Wow. Uh, it was huge. We said, well, we want a million people and if every state can do this, then we'll get there. So that was that was our contribution. But leading up to it, we also organized a lot of events because you saw energy building and we said, well, we need to make sure that that we're forming community as we do this. So we organized, you know, we organized like um, bar takeovers where we would say, if you're going to the Women's March, everybody meet at this bar at 7 p.m. And we'll all like sit and chat and make buttons and talk about our plans and figure out what kind of backpacks we're supposed to bring and what signs we're going to make. We did that. We had a dance party to benefit Planned Parenthood, which was really fun. And, um, And then we also did a huge sign making party which was fabulous. You know, we really got the community out there. And then when we came back from D.C. and everybody was energized and ready to go, we said we need to keep doing this. And so we have. It's been two years now. We just organized the second Women's March this January. It was the largest uh, protest our town has ever seen, actually. And we were very proud. Um, Rachel Maddow gave us a shout out on her show because she lives in the area. So we were very pleased to get that level of recognition. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So I've got a ton of questions for you. Oh, great. So let's get you introduced officially here. So who are you and for what are you running? So my name is Lindsay Sabadosa, and I am running for the first Hampshire state representative seat. And where in the state is that located? So first Hampshire district is in Western Massachusetts. It comprises Northampton, Hatfield, Westhampton, Southampton, and Montgomery. So why did you decide to run? Well, that's an interesting question because it was it was completely unexpected. Um, our state representative had been in office for 16 years. He was a wonderful representative. I worked closely with him on many occasions. And unfortunately, he passed away in February. So I had gone into this election cycle thinking that I was going to be volunteering and possibly running campaigns. I volunteer a lot in campaigns. I was very involved last year and I was like, great, more elections, lots to do. And I, I'm really focused on getting women to run for office. I'm a board member of Emerge Massachusetts. That is what we do. We train women to run for office. So uh, you know, when he passed away, it was it was this moment where I said, "Well, I either do this now, or 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 I don't," because it's it's um, 
it had to kind of be at a spur of a moment decision. You know, if somebody else ran and I decided to sit this out, then I, I might never run again. So it really felt like this was the time to step up. So that's what I'm doing, stepping up. And again, this seat has actually never been held by a woman. Hmm, really? Yes. Why did you decide that it was like, this has to be me? Well, through as a community organizer, one of the things that I think it, it's essential that you do is you do advocacy work at the state house because you need to pair legislation and activism. They go hand in hand. And I think a lot I think there there's been a divide. For many years there's been a divide between the two and people are only really starting to realize we can't just take to the streets. We need to demand legislative action and we need to demand that in very tangible ways. And so we have, with every march, with every protest, we've really tried to get people involved on state level politics because when we look at what's going on federally, sometimes it is just so overwhelming that you don't think you're going to accomplish anything. But we live in Massachusetts and people say all the time, oh, we, we're in such a blue state, we're so progressive. And the fact of the matter is that's that's just not true. When we look at what happens in Beacon Hill, there's a lot of gridlock. We pass a lot of legislation that only moves the needle a very tiny bit. And we really only pass things that don't cost any money. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done. And because I have that experience, because I know the bills that are at the state house that have been stalled at the state, state house, sometimes for 20 years stalled in committee at the state house, it really felt like I was the person who could go in, who could be a really strong voice for our region. Because like I said, we're Western Massachusetts. We are in good traffic about an hour and 20 minutes from Boston, but for <laughs> Boston, that 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 may as well be the other side of the country sometimes. So we really do need a strong advocate who understands the legislative process, also understands what people in these towns really need and are looking for. So I feel like I'm, I'm that person. And how has working for other campaigns informed how you run yours? Well, so it's interesting. I like working for well-organized campaigns. And that, again, goes back to the fact that I'm an, organizing, an organizer. Organizing, is it's the same across the board. The structure of how you get things done is the same. It's bringing in your team of people. It's understanding people's strengths. It's putting them in the right positions. And it's being very strategic. So I, working for other people's campaigns has just really taught me who those people in this area are. So obviously, I've tapped them all for my campaign. <laughs> Have you always been political? Yes. Yes, always. Um, so one of the stories that I shared when I made my announcement is that my very first protest march, the very first protest march I organized, rather, was when I was nine years old. Um, and I, I had to organize protests because they were shutting down a branch library in our town. And our mayor made the argument that it was due to budgetary reasons. And I made the argument that our budgets are our values. And if we are shutting down libraries, we're saying that we don't care about early childhood literacy and community and basically a, a refuge for a lot of the children in that town. So um, that was my first protest, and I have been politically engaged ever since. At nine years old? At nine. And I like to tell the story that I was interviewed on a television station for the first time at that protest, and I sounded like a complete idiot. Um, <laughs> I'm a little self-critical, but in any case, I did not sound fabulous, and I learned very quickly, they will always take the soundbite where you say the dumbest thing. Never fail. 
the thing you're really hoping is not going to be on television, that's what will be there. Oh, H- have you found that on YouTube? I mean, is that somewhere <laughs> where you can be like... <laughs> You know, I don't know. I did. I, I had to prepare a speech a few weeks ago. So I did go back and try to look for articles. But this was the late 80s. And th- that media has just not transferred over. I'm sure somebody somewhere could find it. I, it would be great if they did. Oh, that's hilarious. Maybe I would be more appreciative of my nine year old self at this point. <laughs> Have to give yourself a little like room because you were nine at the time. Yes. Yes. So what's your day job? I am a translator. I translate French and Italian legal and financial documents. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, it's it's um it's a little bit something that I fell into. It was funny. I went to college thinking I was going to be an international relations major, which fit really well because I love language and I love political science and history, but I as it turns out didn't really love econ. And um, national relations has a lot of econ. Um, Even though I'm very appreciative, I just knew that was not where I wanted to spend a lot of time taking classes. So I sort of um, ended up switching my majors around a little bit. And I was a languages major, but with a very heavy focus on politics and history. And um, then when I graduated, because, you know, it's hard to figure out what you're going to do when you graduate, I won a fellowship. I moved to China. And there I fell in with the, the expat community and they needed help with translations because English was the common language. And because I could speak Italian and French and they needed everything in English in order to do business in China, uh, I started translating and I, it sort of took off from there. It was a very weird roundabout way to figure out a career. Hmm. That's really interesting. That's one yeah. of those like things you never really think that humans are doing but is but they are and they have to because even if someone were to transcribe and try to translate this conversation a machine could never do it first of all we don't speak in complete sentences so there's that (laughs) um but there there are just there are too many you know turns of phrases and things that it's it's always going to be a human-driven industry very interesting what has the process of running for office been like for you so far um well I now have two full-time jobs, um, or I guess three, because I'm also a parent, so that is always a, always a full-time job. But it, it is interesting to try to figure out this new balance in life. I attend a lot of meetings that I didn't used to have to attend, but my favorite part is getting out and talking to people, and that has been really wonderful. And I have I've certainly learned more about our community than I than I had known before, um, especially I live in Northampton. So like I said, the district is five towns. And so I've been spending a lot of time in the other four. And, um, you know, I knew that Massachusetts had issues with the way we fund our schools, for example. I, I knew that we we have issues with health care. That is one of the biggest problems in the state. But um, I didn't actually understand the true depth that those issues the, the true way that those issues are impacting people until I got out and had conversations in front of supermarkets while I was signature gathering with people who were saying like, yep, we're donating paper to our school because we can't afford it. Um, so that has been really eye-opening. Have you had to face any tough obstacles yet? <sighs> um, you know, it's, I haven't had to face anything that I didn't truly expect I would have to face. 
except that it's all happened a little sooner. I am well aware that Massachusetts is an old boys club. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I work with Emerge Massachusetts. We train women. We know what politics in the state looks like. I didn't realize how sometimes that can be, um, that how challenging that can be to deal with. And I, I, we live in a progressive area and I am still a little stunned by some of the sexism. So that, that's been interesting. And, you know, we got our first bot on our Facebook page. So that was exciting the other day. And, um, you just, you know, you hear these things on larger campaigns and you don't think that in a smaller statewide state race that that's going to happen. And yet there it is. So those, those are interesting things. You get a little shaken when people are, um, are just so blatantly sexist in their comments, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm developing a thicker skin every day and we're going to move forward. So how can people get involved with your campaign? Oh, well, so we have, we have our Facebook page, which is, um, it's the, the at El Sabadosa MA. We are, we have our website and that's lindsaysabadosa.com. So that's really easy. You can sign up to volunteer. You can sign up to get our newsletter. You can absolutely donate always, always. That's very encouraged. Um, we are also on Twitter and Instagram and we, you know, we've been doing a lot of things. We have done a a lot of signature gathering. We are going to start canvassing next week. And then we have our kickoff party, which is going to be really fun on April 29th from six to four at the World War II Club in Northampton. Are you going to have a primary? So again, Massachusetts, we will have a primary and the primary will probably decide the election because in Massachusetts, most people run as Democrats. So there it's currently a four-way race and we are all Democrats. Interesting. Yep. So, and the primary this year is on September 4th, which is the day after Labor Day. So it is a very challenging primary date. So what is your plan to get people to the polls? Well, so I love canvassing. I am a big doors person. We will be out on doors all summer. We have uh, we have a whole idea about what we're going to do. We're going to do some creative mailings. Um, and we're definitely going to be encouraging people to vote absentee because my suspicion is that a lot of people are still going to be away on that Tuesday after Labor mm-hmm. Day. So that is going to be huge, making sure that our supporters know that they have to vote early if they're going to be away and that they get that they get out on the fourth. What are the biggest issues that the people of your district are concerned with? Like I said, we are an hour and a half away from Boston and we often feel very neglected in this state. You know, we're 50 percent of the land, actual land in Massachusetts, but we're only 11 percent of the population. So, you know, it's really making sure that we get funding for things. It's really making sure that we aren't neglected when it comes to infrastructure and transportation. One of the issues that people really care about is getting a train built. Because I think I mentioned earlier, an hour and we're an hour and a half from Boston in good traffic. It took me four hours and seventeen minutes to get from my house to downtown Boston the other day. Good Lord. Right. So actual transportation is is a thing. Like We really need high speed rail from Western Mass to Boston, but we also need north south rail. I mean, we just we got a train in to New York. We have one train a day, but that needs to be expanded. There really need to be opportunities for people to either live in this area of the state and work in the city or to study in other places and to travel back and forth. 
it, it would just really open up this area in really new and interesting ways. Um, but that said, another really big issue for people is, is our environment. I mean, we're seeing incredible climate change. We just had a ridiculous winter. We had snow yesterday, as a matter of fact. So again, snow in April, um, but then not necessarily during the winters. And people are, this area, because we are in a little bit more, we're not necessarily rural, but we have a lot of, we're surrounded by a lot of rural areas. And it is just a concern. People live here because they love the environment and its beauty. We have um, a lot of farms in this area and people are worried about land conservation. How do we balance development with farming? So those are things that we're going to have to look at really closely and have some good conversations about moving forward. Okay. One last question. Yeah. What is one piece of advice you have for a woman who is thinking about running for office? (sighs) Make sure you surround yourself by the strongest team possible because you are going to have so many ups and downs on the campaign trail. You know, we say that it it takes a woman, I think, 12 times. to She has to be asked 12 times to run for office before she decides to do so. And there are, you know, a lot goes into that. And you, you're going to need encouragement. You're going to need support. You're going to face obstacles that your male, can, your male opponents are not going to face. And you want to make sure that when you need that support, you can turn to your team. And that they're always there for you. Um, and that is, I just, I think it's the best thing that you can do. And luckily, uh, women form good networks. So it's not hard. That is really good advice. So that's it. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Yeah, sure. And that's it for today. Big thanks to Lindsay Sabadosa for chatting with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at lindsaysabadosa.com. That is L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-S-A-B-A-D-O-S-A.com. She's also on Facebook at Lindsay Sabadosa for State Representative. And over on Twitter, you can find her at at Sabadosa M-A. And while you're already over there on Twitter, you should find and follow this podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. And you can help other people find the show by going to iTunes and giving us a great review. Don't forget to check out today's sponsor, datadiva.net, and let her know that you are a friend of the pod. That's it for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.